0: I forgot, if I don't hold this up, you can't hear me. I have no reason for having this except for I was dared to do it backstage. And so here we are, church. What's happening? You guys feeling good? Man, you sound fired up. I don't know what location you're at, but Littleton's fired up today. We got scooters. We're going crazy. Hey, so um, how many first-time visitors we got? Ever, ever been to a place where the pastor rides out on one of these? He's like, no, I have not. It was great having you for your one and only visit at Red Rocks Church. We're so glad you were here. Hey, listen, I, I do mean this. Hold on, let me get rid of this so I can be serious. I, I do mean this from the bottom of my heart, and we mean this as a church family. No matter what you come in here with, no matter what location you're at, whether you say, I've never been closer to God than I am right now, or whether you would say, I don't know if I've ever been farther from God. I don't even know what I believe about God. I want you to know that in this place, you are welcome. We're so glad you're here. You're loved, you're valued. We prayed that you'd be here. So we're so glad you're with us. And I hope you feel that. I hope you feel at home already. Church, you're supposed to be out of breath when you ride a scooter, it's heavy cardio. One of my best friends in the whole world is, is speaking to us this weekend. Chad and I have been friends with this guy for like half our lives, and, and we grew up in ministry together. We're still trying to grow up in life and mature a little bit together. Um, it's a it's a work in progress. But I'm telling you, you're going to be so glad you were at church this weekend. So at every single location, will you make some serious noise for one of my best friends in the whole world, the Nick Nielsen? How are we
1: feeling? So they dared me to ride out on a skateboard. But I ain't doing it, I just, it's just not gonna happen. Hey, shout out to, today to all of our Denver campuses, uh, our two God Behind Bar campuses and our Brussels. Can we show them some love as well? Thank you so much for being a part of the Red Rocks family. And your weird uncle is back from Houston to hang out. And it is such an honor today to be here with you guys and to spend some time. I love Sean and Jill and uh, they are fantastic leaders and pastors, um, but better people and friends. And uh, you guys are incredibly blessed to have amazing leaders and pastors here. At, do you love your leaders? Do you love Pastor Sean and Jill, even though he rides on scooters and falls? And hey, listen, pull out your phones right now. Pull out your phones if you have them, pull out your phones. This is, this is how we're gonna start tonight, okay? All over all campuses, pull out your phones right now, wherever, wherever you have them stored. And I want you to pull out your favorite app, okay, because you are going to take a selfie with this app, all right? You're going to take a selfie, and it can be a personal, just you, or it can be with a person next to you, your spouse, friends that you rolled here with. But this is the assignment. You have to take the selfie with a filter on, okay? So maybe it's pre-picture, maybe it's post-picture, but filter must be on. And then once you take it, you have to send it to somebody or you have to post it, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever you want, okay? And when you post it, you have to say, partying at Red Rocks, all right? Just partying at Red Rocks, okay? So I don't know who you wanna send to, but go ahead, I'm gonna do mine. And uh, I like the Snapchat filters just because they're just fantastic. And you go, oh my gosh, look at that. All right, if you're in the background of my picture, can you act like you're having fun or do something crazy? Come on, put your hands in the air if you're in the middle section. All right, perfect. So do yours, take it, send it to some friends and just say, pardon at Red Rocks. If you didn't bring your phone and you didn't want to participate in that experiment, it is okay. But I love filters. I love filters on these apps. This what makes them fantastic and great. Here's the real real deal though. You see, I, I believe that before you even had to post or would post, if you were to be honest, you wouldn't have had to get told to put a filter on that picture before you sent or posted it. Can we all be honest? I love the filters because they cover blemishes, they cover some flaws, they make the color tone just right. They, they do some things um, to the picture that enhance it, to make it better, right? Uh, if, if, you, if I brought some pictures I'd like to show you of some, some favorite filters of mine, if I could, because Snapchat's the best. <laughs> this is when this is, this is I was feeling a little extraterrestrial. Mm. There, my head was about to explode. There, so there's feeling a little studious and that, and that filter there. My best Scrooge Grinch type vibe. And there, I'm just way too full from eating all day. And okay, so when Sean invited me to come here to hang with you guys to speak... This is, this, is, this is how I reacted when, uh, when he asked me to come. So that's just like how I'm feeling right now about being here. But I want to talk to you tonight, today about living without filters. Living without filters. I love filters because they cover weaknesses and they cover blemishes and they cover faults and things that we're not proud of and some of those pictures... Um, it covered my razor rash, and it covered things that I 'm not proud of, and it made it all fancy and nice before I could actually display it. We love filters for that reason, don't we? And uh, I want to look at a guy in the Bible in the Old Testament in Second Kings chapter five today, uh, a guy named Naaman. You see, Naaman lived with filters even though he didn't have Instagram or Snapchat or any of the technology that you and I have today. He lived with a filter, with something that would change how other people would see his reality, see his issues, see his lifestyle. If we look in 2 Kings chapter 5, we actually see here a quick brief description of, of Naaman. This is what it says. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman. He was admired. The commander of his army, because through him, the Lord had given Aram great victories. So God used this this man to do great things. He was highly respected. He was admired. He was a commander, right? Naaman was a mighty warrior, but he suffered from leprosy. He He was respected. He was a warrior. He had a gift. He was talented. He was popular. He was influential. He had a blue check next to his Instagram. He was verified. People knew him. He was very influential, but he had a butt. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a butt. <laughs> I hope they have a butt. The person you're next to. We all have a butt. You see, what was interesting about Naaman's life is he could do something very well, right? Right? He could do something extremely well, he could fight, he was known for it, it was what he was celebrated for. You know, all of us, we've, we've, all, we've all got a gift, something that God's given you. And you could do something so great with your eyes closed. You can crunch numbers or you could sing or you can lead that company or you can shoot that shot. You just, you've, you're just gifted with something that allows you to function. You can organize things well. You, you think through systems and it just comes naturally to you that other people just go, oh my goodness. How? You, and it's what you're celebrated for in your life. It's what you're applauded for, what you do. You do something extremely well. Naaman had that gift, but you're also... Dealing with something. You also have a but. Something that is easy to cover. uh, Something you want to hide. Something that you don't want the world to see. Something that you are struggling with on the inside. You see, people saw Naaman's armor. They saw his shine, but they couldn't see his struggle. It's easy to cover the thing that's eating away at us inwardly while we focus all of our attention on doing something so great externally to everybody else that we're getting celebrated for and applauded for. It's easy to cover, isn't it? It's easy to neglect, exaggerate our abilities to cover our deficiencies. Talked to a lot of people in my life recently that are wrestling with this idea. People who've come to me and they say, man, I can sing and I'm known for this, and it's what I'm celebrated for and applauded for, but I have an addiction. I'm the CEO of my company, and I'm great at crunching numbers, but I can't manage my gambling issue. Or I talk all the time to people about their relationships, but my marriage is falling apart. You see, there's this dynamic that it takes place in every single one of us. You do something very well, but inwardly, There is a struggle. Inwardly, there's an issue, whether it's one or there's a lot. We all have something, and we filter our lives. We have armor that covers it. Name in here, his story was was all about covering something that was eating away at him, literally. Everyone just saw what was on the outside. No one knew that when he would go home and take off his armor, there was a deep struggle, an issue that he had to navigate, You see, this is his story. And it stood in the way of his destiny. It was standing in the way of his destiny. And this is the cool thing. Here's the good news. God in his grace, God in his grace figured out a way just like he will with you in your life. He will keep strategizing and sorting out how to get you to a place where you can address and surrender that issue to him. Basically, step away from the filter. Step away from the armor and present yourself to him. He loves you that much. He cares about your destiny that much. He, he doesn't want your gift to get the best of you. He wants you to see that inside there's something that needs to be dealt with. And he gets crazy with Naaman. Because how he gets Naaman's attention is probably the least expected way that Naaman would expect God to show up and do something miraculous in his life or get his attention. Least least likely individual to come into his life and to point out, hey, man, you probably need some help here in this. Listen to what takes place in Naaman's story. Naaman invades the land of Israel. So Naaman is an opponent of God's people. Naaman comes into the territory takes over and, and God in all of his love and his grace finds a way to get close to Naaman to help him, to help him see what he needs to overcome and that he needs to deal with something because eventually he's going he's to self-implode if he doesn't get this thing fixed and worked out. And so he sends a servant girl into his house. The Bible says that his men, Naaman's men, they capture a servant girl. They bring her home and and her job is to serve Naaman and to serve his family and to serve his wife and to take care of household things. So now he's in a territory that he's conquered, but somehow or another, there is a woman of faith who is now in his personal world, now sees him without His armor, she sees his deficiency. She knows that he's strong and he's gifted. But now God has brought someone up close enough to see him without his armor, without all the hype and to say, hey, there is something in your world here that is not right and I'm here and I've been sent by God to give you great news. You can deal with it. There's someone that can heal you. I serve a God who can not just heal your outward condition but can deal with the inward stuff as well. Aren't you thankful for a God and his grace? He's relentless. He'll pursue us. He'll keep bringing crazy people from Houston to just stop us and just say, hey, there's some things that God may want to heal in your life if you'll allow him to. And so Naaman is persuaded by his wife. Ladies, you have a great you have a great gift and that's to influence your husbands and that's to influence men. And, 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 and he, he comes, he's a victim of her, of her persuasion and he says, all right, I'll do it. I'll go to the prophet. And so he goes to the prophet and Elisha sends him a message and basically says this, here's your directions to get your healing. I know you're, this is a foreign territory for you, but here's the instruction from God. Go down to the Jordan River and dip seven times. And when you dip in the Jordan River seven times, you'll come up healed. These are the instructions given to Naaman. And he he this is see, this is where it all meets ahead. Because Naaman, despite knowing he could be healed, see, at this point, I don't know if he's necessarily disagreeing the fact that he could get healed. He's just wanting it to come an easy way. He's wanting it to be done in a simpler way. See, he gets frustrated by these directions. Why? Because it means he's got to take off his filter. He's got to take off his armor. He's got to actually be vulnerable. He's got to go down to the water and he's got to take off his armor and he's got to dip into the water in front of his friends, in front of his family. This is, like, this is like bringing his issue to Instagram and letting the world know, here's what I'm struggling with. He's got to be vulnerable. And that's a hard pill to swallow. I don't blame the guy. And so when he hears the news and the directions of how we can get to his healing and wholeness, he kind of bucks in. He's like, whoa, 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 is there an easier way? Can't, you just like, can't, can't the prophet like wave his hand over, over my issue and everything just miraculously goes away? I can relate to that. Can this be done easier instead of me having to be vulnerable? Can I just focus on my gifts and, and, and all the influence and neglect this? Do I have to, do I have, you see, he had good friends and his friends looked at him and said, hey, it's worth it, just do it. Do what the prophet says. I wanna encourage you, have some friends around you that will push you to your purpose. And sometimes that means getting uncomfortable. And sometimes that means hard conversations. But surround yourself with a crew. I heard someone long ago say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Surround yourself with great people that love you enough to say, hey, this is uncomfortable, but this is the best for you. I'm about your destiny and I want to see you go forward in this. And so what we see is he goes, all right, he's convinced. But I don't know if he's convinced because his buddies are, are, are just putting the pressure on him. I think he's tired of the battle. I think he's ready. I think he's aware like you and I are aware about with with what our issues are like and what they could do to us. You see, he understands that if he doesn't deal with the inward struggle, that he won't be able to sustain where his gift is taking him. Eventually the inward struggle will eventually destroy him. And in the same way, you and I, we all have things that we cover and that we filter over. There's that one thing in your life, there's that but, there's that something. And if we don't address it, or if we don't surrender it to God, today may be the first time that you actually do that, it will free you. If we don't, then our gift will take us somewhere that our character and what's underneath the armor won't be able to sustain. And God loves you too much. He cares too much about your future. You see, some of you, your destiny is so big, if you don't address what's under the armor, you'll never be able to reach the place that God's designed you to reach. To that, that, that company needs you to take off the armor. Your marriage needs you to take off the armor. Your destiny, your purpose, it's, it's begging of you right now to be vulnerable, to check what's on the inside and to assess and deal with it. He does. Naaman here is sick of experiencing public victory and staying in private cycle of defeat. He's winning the battle to impress people, but he's losing the battle within himself. You ever been there? I think many people today are there. I think there's many people in this room. I think there's many people watching where you're just tired of winning publicly and losing privately. And I'm here with great news. We see out of here Naaman. He... Assesses, realizes my destiny's too big. My future's too big. I can't keep covering, I can't keep filtering. I'm so grateful that God in his way got my attention through this servant girl and he takes the most courageous walk of his life. This is a man who's fought armies. This is a man who's taken courageous walks into battle, but this isn't an enemy that he's about to face physically. This is an enemy within that because of God and his love is about to overcome. And so he takes this courageous walk down to the Jordan River. And he begins to take the filters off, take the armor off, and he leaves it on the shore. And he steps out in the water and he dips one, two, three, four, five. Now I don't know how he was healed. We can use our holy imagination today. I don't know if it was one arm at a time, if it was his waist down over it. You know, I don't I don't know how. God did the miraculous that day and healed him. All we know is on the seventh, he came up and he was completely healed. And you know what he said? He said, now I know there is no God beyond the one of Israel. Aren't you grateful today that we serve a God who can heal, not just externally heal, but do some things that no man could do. And that's heal your, your, your addiction, that's, that's, that's redirect and reshape your heart and your motives and your thought life, that, that thing that you go, man, I've struggled with this for 15 years. God can do something with that. God can heal you. God can set you free. God can break strongholds. We serve a God who can do the impossible. And Naaman experiences this because he's surrendered. He's got the willingness to surrender, to be vulnerable. You see, he's known for his military success but he's now, now known and will continue to be successful and fulfill his destiny because of his surrender. So here's the deal. Today, this is your Jordan River moment. I believe that today God has ordainly orchestrated your path to hear this message because you've been covering, you've been putting filters over certain things and God is saying, your destiny is too big. There is a better life for you to live and it involves you being vulnerable, and it involves you taking a very uncomfortable dip, which means I'm open, God, have your way in this area of my life, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your finances, whether it's an addiction, whether it's an obsession. I don't know what it is, but I believe what we're gonna experience a Jordan River miracle here at Red Rocks Church. Does anyone believe that today? A Jordan River movement where Here's the cool thing. It wasn't like it wasn't like Naaman was asked to walk away from his gift and not pay any attention to it. He would pick back up the armor and walk home with it and use it and put it on when it was necessary. You see, sometimes as we follow Christ, we feel like, oh, it's all gotta be about all my weaknesses. I gotta focus on all these things and, and worry about that and not no. God wants your gift to be paired up with vulnerability and transparency. And when you have the blend of those, you become a powerful force for the kingdom. In your college campus, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family, when you are a vulnerable, talented individual, you become a kingdom shaker, someone that God can use greatly. And you continue to go from strength to strength and glory to glory. I believe that many of us today are a few real honest moments away from freedom, from our next level. Here's the key. Your destiny will require vulnerability. Your destiny will require vulnerability with God and it will require vulnerability with people. You see, on the other side of us choosing to be vulnerable and taking that courageous walk is deep, healing and wholeness and deep connection with people, with God, with people. Naaman's story is a story about connection. It's a story about connection. And this is, this is where I love this story and I love this message and what God's put on my heart to bring to you today. is because Naaman had leprosy, which means that throughout his life, he spent very disconnected from people. He's he's very popular, but he's very lonely. You want to know why? It's because by law, if you had leprosy, you had to be at least 50 paces away from people. So his entire life, he spent 50 paces away, arms distance. People couldn't get close to him. So you talk about disconnect, lack of intimacy, lack of beneath-the-surface relationships. This guy knows all about it. He's popular, but he's lonely and he's isolated and he's always struggling. And I know so many people in this generation today that live that life. You're popular, you got a lot of things going, you have a great gift, you have a lot of influence, but inside you're lonely, you feel disconnect. There's not beneath the surface relationships. There's not vulnerability. There's not wholeness and healing and honesty. Ironically, God would use people. And put him in a place where he had to be truly seen before God and before people for him to reach his breakthrough and his next level, you could say. Listen to what James says in chapter 5, verse 16. It says, confess your sins one to another and be healed and be made whole. That's fascinating to me. Now, James unpacks earlier how we come to God and we receive our forgiveness from him. That, there's no questioning that first. That, that's, that's a no-brainer. But here he goes on to say something very profound, I believe, that as believers, when we follow Christ, there is, there is something special about us learning to be vulnerable with people. That together we're this mosaic of imperfect people chasing a perfect savior. And in the process, we, we wrestle together and struggle together and we're vulnerable with each other. And in that, there's deep connection and intimacy. And Naaman knows nothing about that his entire life. You and I, you know why this is, cra- this is so compelling for me? is because you and I grew up in a culture where vulnerability is not really celebrated. I grew up in a family, blue-collar family. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And being open about your struggles and weaknesses was not talked about at the dinner table. (laughs) It was toughen up. It was pretend. It was we don't talk about it, and we just act like it's all good, and we just push through. Anyone else ever had that sort of upbringing where you just being vulnerable and honest about things that were happening and how you're feeling and your struggles and your doubts and your issues and your addictions? and It just wasn't freely talked about and so ever I feel like ever more relevant is this message for us today because all of our technology and all of our social media that should quote unquote be enhancing our connection is in a sense putting fuel on an already disconnect problem that we have in humanity You and I were born with a disconnect issue and problem. We don't like to connect. We like to stay isolated, and that's comfortable. And what technology has done is we're flipping through Instagram and social media, and we're so enamored and comparing and following and and putting so much emotional attention into people that live 2,000 miles away, and we're missing the very people that are right next to us in our own household, relationships the opportunity to invest in those relationships and be vulnerable with those relationships and build trust within those relationships. We are missing the opportunity. We don't have a technology problem. Technology is great, but technology has been used to add fuel to this disconnect issue. And I believe that today we can actually live without filters and experience the freedom that God intends us to experience. You see, years ago, Dr. Brené Brown, she's a professor at the University of Houston, and she did a TED Talk. And TED Talks are fascinating to me because you have world-renowned speakers, leaders, researchers, and they come and they present a brief thought based off their research. Tons of hours of research done to present these thoughts. Latest technology, innovative ways to educate, medical, like it's just incredible. And Brene Brown hits the platform, and she talks about the courage of vulnerability. And did you know, out of the millions and millions of views and hits that TED Talks now have on YouTube, her conversation about vulnerability is the fifth most viewed TED Talk of all time. The fifth most viewed TED talk you know what her, her 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 main thread her main theme of her of her conversation was it, it was the most whole healthy people are the most vulnerable that was her conclusion that, that the healthiest the most whole people are the most vulnerable people so so modern uh, the best of modern research today is reiterating what the bible has told us for centuries isn't that incredible isn't this isn't the gospel nothing's really like this is still the truth it's still it's still the best life it's still the best way is it is it simple yes is it easy no and we have to step into this. She talks about the courage of vulnerability that every one of us on this planet, that doesn't come easy, but this is what people are enamored with. People want wholeness. They wanna be healthy. You and I, I know you're, you wouldn't be here if you wanted to be healthy. And one key biblically is be vulnerable. Address the thing that you've been covering and trying to filter over. The unforgiveness that you've been harboring and not talking about to anybody Talk to someone about it. Have the courage to be vulnerable. Write this down if you're taking notes. I encourage you to. The danger of isolation is much greater than the risk of intimacy. The danger of isolating yourself and isolating the issue and covering it is much greater than the risk of being vulnerable and being intimate with someone about that struggle or about that issue. My kids, they're learning about how to Uh, Well, actually, I'll wait for that. I'll wait for that. You see, concealing can detour our healing. Concealing can detour our healing. You know, God can't, can't work in your issue unless you surrender it to him, unless you conceal it to him. Mark chapter three, there's this incredible story where there's a man with a withered arm and he's got an issue and this is how he spent his whole life with a filter, with a cover, no one's seen it. He's ashamed of it. And so he's walking around like this and he's got a a condition that some might be aware of and others may not, but he's ashamed of it. And when Jesus sees him, he's got deep compassion and he approaches the man. And and, and this is what Jesus says to him as, as a precursor to his healing. He says, stretch out your hand so I can see it stretch your hand out. And when he stretches out his hand, the Bible said it became whole and it was healed. But it was because he didn't conceal it anymore. He brought it out into the open. And that is the place in the position where God was able to work with it and deal with it. See, see God wants you to be vulnerable with him and say, hey, I know you're struggling and I know you're battling and and you have this tension that you're living in, but if you'll surrender to this thing and have the courage to come to me and give it to me, I can do what no man can do with it and heal and restore and give you strength. See, that's the power of giving what we have to the Lord. When my kids were little, we had to teach them about this idea of the healing process. My, my son, Denver, he's, his name's Denver, because Denver is a cool place, right? So, so Denver's got a big head though, and like physically big head. And when he was little, he would fall. And, and you know, like, <laughs> we used to, like, I love to watch him run, because his big head would like help him pick up momentum and like cause him to kind of run faster. <laughs> but it would, all, it would also put him in a lot of, you know, hard situation, he'd fall a lot, he'd hit his head a lot. We were at the ER a lot, because he had a big dome. And we'd get cuts, and he'd get cuts on his arms and his legs, and so we'd had to put Band-Aids on, you know? I'm like, D, we got to cover, you know, we'd put some treatment ointment on it, get, get, get some, you know, medication on it that would really get to the root, really heal, really restore, and then we'd slap that Mr. Incredible Band-Aid on, you know? And he'd walk around feeling cool, because, you know, the Mr. Incredible he feel like Mr. Incredible. He had some good swag, matches his outfit. He just felt great about it. And then there came a point where I'm like, all right, D, the ointment's done its job. But now there's another part of the healing process. We got to take that Band-Aid off. And he's like, no, Dad, I like Mr. Incredible. I love this Band-Aid. I'm used to this Band-Aid. And, and he became so accustomed to the Band-Aid, he didn't want to take it off. It was almost like it was a part of him. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but some of you have gotten so accustomed to filtering and to covering that issue. It's just just natural now. Taking it off is uncomfortable. I remember like getting ready to take off the band-aid for Denver, and he was like, No, it's gonna rip my hair out. And she hate that, we just rip the hair out. But I kept trying to encourage him, and now he understands. The discomfort of this moment of revealing the wound, taking off the cover, is, is way less painful. Then infection down the road. And that is what I believe God is wanting to say to us today as believers. If you hear, if you're under the sound of my voice today, is that there's temporary discomfort of being vulnerable and revealing the issue to God and to people, but there's wholeness that comes. Because if you don't, it will keep eating away at you and infection will grow. And you know what infection is for, this, for the believer? It's shame. I see a lot of head nods because you and I, we've dealt with shame and deal with shame. We're ashamed about that. We're ashamed about that. We're ashamed about that. And when you come to God and you ask him to do a great work on the inside and forgive you, he does. And he doesn't say shame on you. He now says shame off you. As believers, you need to walk throughout your life going shame off me, shame off me, shame off me. But when you talk to somebody about the issue, something supernatural happens and you can experience freedom and wholeness. I like to say, give air to it. You ever did that with your kids, parents? You gotta, it needs air. It needs to breathe. In the same way, your issue needs to breathe. You need to get it out in the open. You need to get it out in the air to someone around you and have the courage to be vulnerable about it. And when you do, something powerful happens. Not only in you does the work complete, but also around you. Have you ever, um, okay, let's maybe go back to third grade, all right? Can we go back to third grade, all of us and all all of our campuses? Let's all just go back to third grade. Let's pretend, okay? We're all in third grade. We had that awkward stage, you know, and we're sitting in in class. Actually, let's go to middle school. Middle school, all middle school. You got to love middle school. Oh, gosh, middle school. All right, so we're chilling in middle school. Math. There's something about middle school math that just frustrates me. Like we go from numbers to letters, like, it's not even math anymore. Can I get any, anyone with me today? Like, this is algebra and, like, trigonometry. Like, what? How, letters have nothing to do with math. Let's keep them out. Let's keep it math. Go to English class if you want letters, you know? Sorry, I'm just working through some stuff right now. I'm just being vulnerable, <laughs> taking off my armor here. So we were sitting in class, and I remember the teacher just going to town on an equation, just filling up the whole thing. And in the back, I'm just sitting there like, I don't get it. I don't get this, but everyone around me looks like they're getting it. <laughs> How many of you have been there? Right? Right? Can I right? So you're like, what in the world? Everyone's getting this, but I don't understand X minus Y equals Z2. Like I don't get what they're talking about, but I'm gonna play it cool. <laughs> Nod my head a couple times, couple finger points. And then all of a sudden someone in the front row has the courage. And you just want to hug that, that kid, right? Because he raises his hand. And it's something in, inside is like, oh, my gosh, he's going for it. He's going for it. You know what I'm talking about. He's going for it. And he's like, uh, Mrs. Williams, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't get it. And the whole class just goes, oh, <laughs> we all can breathe. Right? Everyone just goes, yes, I've had that same question. I don't understand, I'm struggling too. And someone actually puts it out in the air. Someone actually voices the struggle, right? Puts it out there and everyone else goes, me too. I've had the same struggle and I don't understand. And you may not understand that part of the equation. I don't understand this part of the equation. Can we just cover the whole thing, teacher? And in the same way, when you put your struggle out in the open and you give it air, you'd be surprised how many people around you in your world have either the same or can relate and go, wow, they were so bold to be vulnerable and have the courage, I, I, I wanna, I'm in too. Friends, we're imperfect people following a perfect savior. We, we all have issues. And if we would just start having the courage in some small circles and with some best friends or with some leaders or with some people that we really trust and we just start putting some air to our issues and struggles and taking off our filters and living a certain way with certain people, I believe something incredible can take place. The curiosity that it could stir up. Come on, can we just clap? Can we just thank God that the church, the church doesn't have to pretend you and i but we weren't raised this way so when you come and you meet jesus and he begins to take you on a journey it's hard it's uncomfortable but the more you do it the easier it becomes you start having these incredible beneath the surface relationships and conversations i love first peter 5 verse 8 and 9 it says this watch out for your great enemy the devil he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour that's encouraging Listen to this, though. This is is what I want to focus on. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Be strong in your faith. How do you be strong in your faith? He tells us right here. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering, test struggles as you are. Come on. Isn't that amazing? The way I get stronger is by hearing that you struggle. How about that? Isn't that incredible? For me, this is the opposite of what the enemy wants. The enemy of your destiny wants you to stay isolated, not talk about your struggle, not talk about what happened to you when you were a child to anybody else because shame grows, shame grows, shame grows and you never get to a place of healing and wholeness. You get weighed down. But if you would walk with some believers and you would say, hey, me too, all of a sudden everyone else goes, oh my goodness, we can be made whole. There's a solution. There's hope in Jesus. We can be made whole. A testimony isn't a testimony without a test, right? We're not overcomers unless we have something to overcome, right? But we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. He is the one that causes us to overcome and be great witnesses that encourages other people to go along with us. The apostle Paul, we see him in the New Testament. And what is he writing? Is he writing, man, I got this all figured out. I have no issues. I, I, what, no. Are you kidding me? The Apostle Paul, he's so encouraging. He writes to the world. He puts it on social, social media and he posts, I know what's right and I don't do it. <laughs> Post. Hashtag no filters. <laughs> like, I know what's right. I, there's a struggle within me, but what's Paul doing? He's encouraging people. He's not writing this in his study in his little pastoral closet and just keeping it there and then throwing it away. He's not just journaling this. He's writing and he's sending it to the church at large. And he is saying, join the club. Let's be vulnerable. Let's let's surrender. Let's take off our filters. And let's journey with each other. Let's take this courageous walk down to the Jordan consistently where we get healed and we are made whole. Here's the one practical I want to leave you with today. If you're taking notes, I want you to simply remember this. Take the HOV lane. Anyone know what an HOV lane is? Most major cities have an HOV lane. High occupancy vehicle lane. Houston has one. Most major cities have one. And they're designed. What are they designed? They're designed to make your commute easier. Right? This is awesome. This is so, you're, some of you are already ahead of me here. You deal with traffic. Houston's traffic is horrendous. I, 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 I beg to say it's, be, it's worse than here. It's, hor- it's horrible. And there's an HOV that's been built and there's HOV lanes everywhere. Okay, there's a there's a very complex system to to the HOV lanes. And I'm on my way to work every day and I'm inching in traffic and I look over and I see the HOV lane and I see two cars pass like every 30 minutes. In Houston and when I talked to some of my friends in other major cities, they would say, yeah, well, that's, that's why the HOV was created, was to make people's commute easier and to get around traffic jams and to get around, you know, issues and struggles and stuff that's happening on the major highways. Here's the thing. The engineers of the HOV lane understood something about human nature. We don't like commuting with people. So if we create this lane and say, hey, only requirement, guys, two people, that's it, two or more, you can get on that lane. And everyone wakes up, "Uh, I ain't calling Bill, I ain't calling Larry, I'm just going to go ahead and just go into traffic. Am I right or am I wrong? I do it every day. I have the opportunity to just call some people, roll with me, and as we roll, we're going to bypass a lot of stress and a lot of jams and struggle and issues. but I don't, because it's uncomfortable at times. I don't want to talk to somebody at 7 a.m. in the morning. There are a whole lot of reasons. You don't like the same music, bro. No, you're not going to do this. But spiritually speaking, what? What if you pushed against human nature? You pushed against the norm today, And as a believer, you begin to live. The, the way that it that, that maps out. You take the HOV and you push against you say, man, I want a journey with someone. What's what I'm asking this is what I'm this is what I'm saying. Be vulnerable with one person in your life. Find someone. I know you're cool and you're connected to a lot, to thousands, but who are you really going beneath the surface with? Could be your spouse or it could be with someone else to talk about the issues you have with your spouse. Maybe it's a friend at your company that you work with in your job, your college campus. Find one. I'm not saying you post your issues and you tell the world. I'm saying you're transparent before God and you're done filtering. You're done wearing the armor and you go to the one who can truly heal you externally and internally, the only one. And you find someone that you start HOVing with, spiritually speaking, where you don't You're trying to go by yourself and you're just, life's better with people. Life is just better together. Not just we're connected and we're rolling. I'm talking about, you have someone that you can sit down with and you can say, hey, I'm struggling a little bit here. I got an addiction here and I need someone to know about it. All you guys see is this, but on the inside, I have this going on. And I'm telling you, friend, that's the last thing the enemy wants you to do. So he'll keep distracting, He'll keep making it very comfortable to live over here. But I believe God will keep sending crazy means like me to come into your world and just give you a little nudge to the HOV lane. Say, do it. Your destiny is worth it. Your purpose is worth it. People may say certain things. People may not always understand you, but this is a moment of healing. It's an it's a entry into the next level of your destiny. Your destiny needs it. So let's take the HOV lane. Let's talk to a neighbor, let's talk to a friend. Maybe it's our kids having an honest conversation with them. I'm gonna pray for us today and I'm gonna believe that we're gonna brave the water of vulnerability and experience the freedom that they bring. We grew up mastering how to cover and filter, but we're gonna meet Jesus today who shows us and invites us how to really live. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you. All locations in this moment, we're having a Jordan River moan, where we're experiencing you. We're willing to be vulnerable. We're coming to you with that one thing that we're not proud of, we're unashamed of, that one thing that we've been trying to not pay a whole lot of attention to, but we realize in this moment that you love us so much that you don't wanna leave us the same. You wanna heal and restore and begin to mend and begin to remove. And Father, I thank you that today we're gonna leave here, not striving for perfection. That is not what you ask of us, but what you ask of us is growth. And I believe that six months from now, we're gonna grow in this area. We're gonna be more vulnerable, more transparent, better relationships beneath the surface, individuals taking the HOV lane. Lord, I thank you for healing. I thank you for restoration. I thank you that people are stepping into new levels of their destiny today. We love you. We thank you for your love and grace and that we're leaving this place different today. In Jesus' name I pray and everybody said, amen. Just one brief moment, just one brief moment before we take a moment to celebrate and worship God. If everyone could just bow their heads and close their eyes, I want to just ask this question. Do you know Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior? All locations today, maybe You've yet to meet him. Maybe you found trying to look for fulfillment and peace and all these other spaces and places and relationships and job title and money, but you found yourself maybe satisfied for a moment, but left empty over time. I have great news. You can come home today to Jesus, just as you are. You belong long before you learn to behave. That's the grace of God. But today can be a new beginning. You can step into a journey with him. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, I just wanna ask this question. Do you wanna receive receive his grace for your mistakes? So I'm gonna count down from three. When I get to one, if you wanna say yes to Jesus tonight, today, or rededicate your heart to him, I want you to just slip your hand up real boldly and say, that's me. I wanna come home today to him. No one looking around. Three, two, if you wanna come home to grace and love, hands are already going up. One, I want you to put your hand up real high today if that's you, all over, all locations. If you wanna come home, wow. Amazing, some courageous individuals stepping into love and hope and grace, incredible. You can put your hands down. I want everyone under the sound of my voice to repeat this prayer of faith after me. Those of you who lifted your hand or even if you didn't, sincerely repeat this authentic prayer. The rest of us, let's repeat it as if it was our first time. Repeat after me, say, Jesus, thank you for your grace and your love. Come into my heart, come into my life, and wash me clean. Forgive me of all my mistakes. Today I choose to make you my Lord and my Savior. I'm gonna live my life for you and only you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate all locations, all the new beginnings? Come on, give a big welcome home, hand clap. It's absolutely awesome. Hey, can we stand? Can we stand today? Because I believe that this is only just one part of what God wants to do in your life today. We're gonna worship, we're gonna surrender. This is my challenge and my encouragement and why I came here this weekend is that you wouldn't just be a listener of information, but you would pursue transformation. We don't come to church to just absorb information and a whole lot of stuff. We come to leave different. Anyone here want to leave Red Rocks Church different, experiencing transformation? So as we worship and as we are vulnerable with our issues to Jesus, we allow him to heal. And maybe this week you're vulnerable with someone else and you begin to take the HOV lane. I love you. Thanks for having me today. God bless you.